Thank you, Sarah. That was beautiful. We are continuing our series today on the principle of the path. You remember the principle, which is, it is not your intentions, but rather your direction that determines your destination. We've learned over the last couple of weeks that we cannot trust our own hearts because they're liars. Uh, They deceive us. They're deceitful. They try to trick us so that we will submit to what will make us happy right now, rather to the prudent thing that will make us happier later and leads to the abundant life. And so today we're going to continue on that path. We're going to continue on that journey, beginning with who it is that we should trust, if not our own heart. Instead, we trust in the Lord. Now, as we get to that, we are going to talk about the biggest decision that you will ever make in your life. And it doesn't make any difference how old you are, because truly every day we make decisions that will affect the rest of our life, our direction, our trajectory, and then finally our destination here in this life as well as in the next. Now, there have been some individuals who have made a bad decision, a wrong decision. Uh, They have cause great destruction, not only for themselves, but in the entire world. You could name people like, oh, I don't know, Adolf Hitler, perhaps, uh, Joseph Stalin, Karl Marx, Mao Zedong, the list can go on and on. They have literally cost the world trillions of dollars, millions of lives that have been destroyed. But I could also list other names, perhaps George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, Jonas Salk, Thomas Edison. And their contributions not only affected the people of that day and age, but for generations to come. We have the greatest nation in the world because of what Washington put into motion. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. We have Martin Luther King Jr. who who extended civil rights to all people. We have Jonas Salk who, who eradicated polio. And of course Thomas Edison who brought us these bright lights, which are a little kind of bright here, yeah. But it turns night into day. So these decisions that they made, what am I going to do with the rest of my life, the decision you make, what are you going to do? Whether you are in what you believe is the twilight of life, decisions today still affect those who trust in you, your children, your grandchildren. It will affect them for generations to come. College students, what major am I going to pursue? High school students, what college? Where will I matriculate? Young families. How many children should we have? The direction in which you point them affects the rest of their lives. And so we begin once again with where we place our trust. Trust in the Lord. With all of our hearts. Now in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament language, Trust means to stretch out 
on, to put your full weight on something. So how many of you slept last night? Anybody have a good night's sleep? Raise your hand. There you go. Good, good. Uh, How many of you had a good night's sleep? How many of you actually slept in a bed? Anybody? Did you sleep on the whole bed or part of the bed? But what I mean by that is, did you put your whole body on the bed? Did You didn't have one foot on the floor? No? You weren't holding on to the frame? No, that's not a good way to sleep, is it? If you're going to sleep, you've got to put your whole body on the bed. So I don't know if the cameras can get this for those who are out there, but if I'm going to go sit down in a chair, go ahead and grab your bulletin. You may need that later, right? If I'm going to sit in the chair, how am I going to do it? No? I'm going to put my whole 100 and something drums uh, right on here, right? My whole self, I trust the chair. It takes my entire weight. It takes a load off, as we say, right? Well, that is what we do when we trust in the Lord. With all of our heart. Because half-hearted trust, as it says, is no better than wholehearted doubt. You either fully trust in the Lord or you don't. Partial trust is really no trust at all. It's like sleeping at night with only part of your body on the bed. Trust the chair, trust the bed, trust the Lord with your whole heart. Now, as we look at these words from Proverbs, the words of Solomon as he was inspired by the Lord, we see these first three things. This is what we do. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And the fourth part, then, is what God does. But it begins in trusting with in the Lord. Secondly, then, lean not on your own understanding. Now, whenever you have a big decision in life, some of those that I mentioned earlier, what college am I going to go to? What's going to be my major? What career will I pursue? What girl or guy should I date? Whom should I marry? How many children will I have? Where will they go to school? And on and on and on. The first question that almost everyone, and probably you, asked. What do I think I ought to do? What do I think I ought to do? Now, studies show, and you can disagree if you like, but men primarily rely on their own logic. We are rational, logical creatures. Women, on the other hand, usually rely on their feelings. It doesn't make any difference which one you are, whether you rely on rational thought or whether you rely on your feelings. Both can be a crutch. And what do I mean by that? Anybody ever have crutches? Anybody ever walk on crutches? Is it fun? No. I mean, if you have those things long enough, if if your legs are injured, you are going to get sore under your arms. Your, your muscles are going to get strained, they're going to get fatigued, they're going to get tired. It really is a pain in the, well, fill in the blank, isn't it? And it's only meant to be temporary. I don't see a lot of crutches out there now. 
because it's temporary. We don't want to rely on that forever. And yet that's what most of us do, even Christians, especially Christians. Leith Anderson wrote a book a few years ago. It's called Dying for Change, and he took a survey, 18,000 people. Pretty significant survey. And in that survey, 55% of those who responded were, quote, born-again Christians. And 41% were people who went to church, not just go to church, but they went to church every week. These are some pretty committed Christians. And yet, when asked, how do you make your decisions in life, the vast majority said that they relied on their own conscience. All right, you say, well, that's a pretty good thing. But it was at the expense of their religious traditions. In other words, they didn't rely on the Bible nor did they consult godly people. In fact, only 3% in the survey said that they would consult their pastor on a life decision. They would rather trust in that happy now moment rather than on what was prudent and wise for later. Now, here's the good news. The vast majority of the time, you can know what God's direction is. Anybody here ever be in, was ever in the Boy Scouts? Boy Scouts? Couple, what is the one thing you should always take with you no matter where you are on a hike? A compass. Other things as well, probably, but a compass. What happens when you don't take your compass? Oftentimes, you get lost. I can attest to that. I was a terrible Boy Scout. I thought I knew where I was going, and I would end up getting lost. You can ask my wife. Uh, I'm still a terrible Boy Scout. I think it was last summer or the summer before, we were were hiking in the Wisconsin Dells in one of the state forests there, and we couldn't get cell service. I didn't have my compass, but I had my phone. No cell service. We went on a trail. I thought I could read a map, too. As I said, I am a terrible Boy Scout. I read the map, and we turned this way. I thought that the trail was going to loop back, but it didn't. It just kept on going. And we got to this highway, and I thought, well, I think I know where I am, and I didn't. We walked five extra miles just trying to figure out where the car was. The good news is that we've got a compass, compass for life. It's called the Bible. 95% of the time, you can know God's will for your life simply by reading this book. And the other 5% is guided by what the 95% has already told you in the book. The only time we get ourselves in trouble in this life is when we ignore the compass. When we ignore the Word of God, which is the same as the will of God, And we rely only on our own understanding, our own desires, our own wants. So trust in the Lord, not partially, but with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding because it's often flawed. 
and then in all your ways acknowledge him. How do you acknowledge people these days? When you say, I was acknowledged, what does it mean? A nod, a wink, a smile. In the Hebrew, again, it means to recognize. To recognize a face, to see. In all your ways, see God. In everything you do, see God. Always keep him in mind. We get ourselves in trouble when we make these decisions and God is so far away. It doesn't even enter the picture. It doesn't come into our brain at all. And so off we go on our merry road, which often leads to pain and even destruction. God has two purposes in this book, in his word. Number one, first and foremost, to lead us to know him. That's why he sent Jesus in the first place. Certainly, to redeem all of creation. In the most important part, which is you and me, human beings. God became flesh. Jesus fulfilled the law. He did everything perfectly because we cannot and we do not. God's punishment for that is death. Even that, Jesus took upon himself, executed on the cross, so that you and I could not only know God, but live with him forever, in this life as well as the next. And that's the first part, this relationship with God. That's why we have the Bible, so we can know who God is. Jesus Christ in the flesh, the word that dwelt among us. But secondly, also, so that we can follow him. Because the best life, the abundant life, the good life, eternal life, only comes in following God's path. God wants you to have the best life here, which leads to eternal life with him in heaven forever. Think of all your own decisions when you kept God in mind, when you followed his word, went on his path. Didn't things turn out so much better? But when you followed your own direction, that's when you got yourself into trouble. That's when there was pain. That's when relationships were broken. That's when you had difficulty in your marriage or in your parenting or in your finances or in your neighborhood or in your school or with your friends. Someone has said that life is a contract. Yeah. Maybe. Properly understood. If it is a contract, then this is what I would like for you to do. Sign on the dotted line. Now, would you do that with any other contract without reading it? Would you do that in business? Is that a good practice? Not at all. But it is with God. Just sign on the dotted line and let him fill in the details. You know how much pressure that takes off your life? <laughs> God's going to orchestrate it. Who are you going to trust, yourself or God? I think I would go with God. He knows what is best. He knows the direction. He knows the future. Do you know the future? The Bible says we're blind when it comes to seeing the future, but God gives us a path. 
And so in all your ways, acknowledge him, see him, recognize God, and follow his compass. So that leads us to the last part. We do, we do our part, now God does his part. What does he promise? If you trust in him rather than yourself, if you see him in everything that you do, he will make your paths straight. And so when you put God in his rightful place, which is first and foremost in your life, then he will put you in the right place. The right place today, the right place tomorrow. The right place that will lead to this abundant life. Now, there are three levels that people live life, I would contend. Mentally, agree with one of these. Which are you? I do what I want to do, which is most of the world. I do what makes me happy now. Or, number two, I do what I think I ought to do, which is most Christians. And then the place where God wants us to live. I do what God leads me to do. When ships navigate in harbors where there are lots of obstacles, they usually have a series of lights that will line up the boat or the ship. If they simply follow the lights, they will then find safety. God has given us similar lights. First and foremost is his word. It is where we should always look first. But he's also given us godly counsel. All of you have people around you that you know and trust. Our children are often taught WWJD. Anybody know what that stands for? What would Jesus do? How about somebody else in your life? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your brother or sister. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a pillar here in the church. Hey, it may even be your pastor. I don't know. Ask them. God has put wise, prudent, godly people in your lives for a purpose. Lean on them. Rely on them. When you're making a big decision, Bounce it off of them because your heart often lies. When we have the word of God itself in godly people and then pray for the decision, for the answer, for the resolution, God often opens that door or that window for you to go through as you continue on this path that we call life. It's my prayer for all of you that as you answer that big question, which you really do every single day, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? That instead of wasting it, instead of leaning on your own understanding, instead of just following every 
desire or want that you think will make you happy in the moment, that instead you would invest your life doing what God wants you to do, simply to trust in Him and follow His ways. It leads not only to the abundant life here, but eternal life forever. May God grant it to you for Jesus' sake.